The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 285 of the podcast. Unless you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Now, make sure you turn on your notifications if you want to catch a show live on any one of those platforms, and they'll do all the work of letting you know when the show is live, like right now. Obviously, no show on Sunday. Today is Monday, May 9th. And I'm sure you all guessed that the reason behind that, of course, was Mother's Day. One of the most important holidays of the year. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who are doing the right thing. And I always have to clarify that. Because, you know, there are parents out there who are not doing the right thing. And I don't want to wish them a happy day. Just the ones, you know, who are doing it right. If your kids know that someone loves them, you're doing the right thing. Everything else is is extra. But as long as you're checking that box, you're good in my book. Of course, a very happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife, the mother of my child. Um, you know, she she deserves, you know, more than a day to be celebrated most of the time. Uh, <laughs> and also a happy Mother's Day to my mother, to my mother-in-law, all the amazing women in my life that have uh, given birth to children and a very happy mother's day to Mrs. Animal Wilson. And with that, I'll introduce all the way from New Jersey. I don't know what he's looking at now, but my pal and your favorite Jeff, the animal Wilson, Jeff, a, a very happy mother's day to, to Mrs. Animal Wilson, the, the soup, the soup expert extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, she's like a soup connoisseur. Um, <laughs> but Bill, a very happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And Bill, I love that you clarified, uh, you know, the moms who, who are actually raising their kids, Bill, because I've heard it said before that every child deserves a home, but not every home deserves a child, Bill. Mm. And I didn't realize how true that was until I started teaching. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a teacher, as a former teacher myself, um, you know, you get to see a lot of those unfortunate situations. Mark is sorry that the podcast is interrupting your Netflix session, Jeff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching Netflix. I'm playing video games. Um, <laughs> but uh, this, this is what you had to check off your to-do list that you were telling me earlier. Yeah, Bill. I mean, I got, I got the console hooked up to the tv i don't i don't usually have this time to, to just unwind Bill. right well, but anyway yeah but anyway, pause, I, pause duck hunt for a little while and let's <laughs> let's talk bill it's deer hunter all right 2000 all right oh okay but uh, but yeah bill. a few years behind <laughs> <laughs> yeah play it on my pc bill uh, it's a microsoft windows 99 got it but um but seriously bill happy mother's day to all the moms out there Bill, i took some time yesterday to text a whole bunch of my co-workers who uh, not only are they awesome teachers but they're great moms too um but yeah bill unfortunately you know like you said uh on the teaching side of it we see a lot of uh of um not necessarily motherly moms i guess you could say unfortunately yeah for sure i and i don't mean to be negative about it either but I think I think it's insulting to the moms who are doing the right thing by their kids to just wish a generic happy Mother's Day to everybody. It's like, you know, some of them are putting in a lot more effort and it shows. And uh, those are the ones we want to celebrate. A um, lot of action went down this past weekend, Jeff. We had UFC 274, Oliveira versus Gaethje, and then Friday night, I was in Orlando, Florida for BKFC 25 and man, what, what a fun experience that was. I've done 
three or four of these now, Jeff. And I have to say, I think this was the one I had the most fun. And it had a lot to do with the success of my team, Jeff. So co-main event, and I'll get into the the rest of the card like after we talk about the UFC, but I got to talk about the co-main event. My buddy Dave Mundell, unanimous decision win over Julian. Let me bang Lane. It was a great fight, very technical. Um, there was no theatrics from Julian or anything like that. He, he has a lot of respect for Dave, and, and Dave respected him as well. Um, Dave was just kind of a step ahead, and he took uh, three, three of those rounds, 48-47 um, on all the judges' scorecards. Then uh, my buddy Henry Williams, who I'm, I'm so proud of um, because I've been training with Henry since he was a very young man, and now he's just a young man. Uh, made his pro debut at BKFC and won with a first round uh, TKO, just a minute and 10 seconds. And Henry is such a great boxer that around the gym, everybody was saying like, oh, we feel sorry for the poor bastard who has to fight this kid <laughs> bare knuckle. And uh, that, that turned out to be the case. So first round TKO for him. Unfortunately, my buddy and my boxing coach, J.R. Ridge, um, suffered a cut in his fight and was not able to continue. It was like right over his eye and he was getting blood in his eye. I know you've met Jr. Um, before Jeff. Uh, he's one of these guys that just brings such an energy to the gym. Like you can't, you can't not love the kid. And um, it's unfortunate because his opponent missed weight by like four pounds, which is crazy. He looked crazy big in there and jr was still giving him the business until he got cut um this this uh is saying it was round one but it definitely wasn't round one i think it was i think it was closer to i think it was the third or fourth round so they're gonna have to correct that and then my buddy ryan reber with a second round tko um ryan also made his professional debut at bkfc out of his mind these guys uh, am great amateur boxers and they decide to step up to the plate, go pro and go bare knuckle. Like, ah, let's go pro and let's do it with no gloves. But, uh, so proud of Ryan as well. Uh, second round TKO. Um, he sat the guy down and he just didn't get off the stool for the third round. Mm. Um, Ryan's got super fast hands. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm proud of all these guys. Um, they, they really represented the gym. Well, um, and, and it was just such a fun experience. Um, I, I went out to Orlando by myself for a change, Jeff, you know, usually I'm out there with the whole fam, uh, hitting up Disney world and stuff. I got myself a little motel, kind of hung out by the pool before the fights stayed out late. Um, that was, that turned out to be a mistake cause it was a long car ride, uh, <laughs> back to the Tampa Bay area. Ew. Bill, how how many times do you get to do that now that you got the kid and the wife? Listen, it wasn't a bad move. It was the move that needed to be made at the time. All right. And Bill, did you say Ryan Reaper or Reaper, like Team Reaper, our sponsor? <laughs> I like the transition. It is Reaper, R-E-B-E-R. -E -E but um, now that you mention it, Jeff, <laughs> we might as well put up this. If you want to grab some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at Team reaper the website is reaper1.co the promo code is mma rocks 10 grab yourself an over the top under the influence t-shirt hoodie or tank top it's tank top season folks yeah and go and support some of the awesome fighters with with the results they got this past weekend yeah absolutely dave mundell is sponsored by team reaper henry williams jr ridge um i don't believe ryan is as of yet but who knows? Um, so super proud of all these guys. I'm glad to, um, to be able to call them friends and teammates. And I was able to go and, and hang out backstage. Um, and then here's another guy, Jeff, who won a third round knockout. His name is Jack Claffey. Um, I, I found out after the fact that he was in the WWE for a while. He's a British guy. He went by the name of Gentleman Jack something okay the name rings a bell just a little bit um but that's awesome dude um 
yeah, I always I'm always tentative about seeing these guys transition from from WWE to to you know actual combat, mostly because of CM Punk. Yeah, uh, but Brock Lesnar was able to do it, but only because Brock Lesnar was a D1 wrestler in college. So yeah, I I I was thinking about that today, Jeff. Like, do you think we'll ever see someone transition to MMA and have the success that Brock Lesnar did, or is he just going to be like an anomaly forever? Oh man, that's a tough question, Bill. Um, it's funny because I got I'm in I'm in a different room today and I got the TV on and I'm watching WWE, but the sounds off. But um, there's a couple of guys, Bill, that you can like even even as they're like chain wrestling uh, and like some of the matches that I watch and I, I don't watch WWE very often, but you can see the flow that they have, man, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they can just link together single legs and double legs and different types of takedowns and their sprawls are really good. And I'm just like, is the maybe the money's just better in WWE? Uh, I, and and they probably have to go through less punishment. But uh, I, I think we'll see somebody have that success someday. There's a couple of uh, NCAA uh, D1 rest, former D1 wrestlers uh, in the WWE now. But I think the money just might be better. And Brock Lesnar, I mean, he's got a couple of screws loose as it is, man. Mm. Um, but dude, I, I don't, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, he was, he's the only man to ever be WWE champion and a UFC champion. I mean, I, I don't like to say that it'll never happen again. I'd love to see it happen again, actually. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to take something special to do that. Yeah. So did, did Gable Stevenson end up going to the WWE after he won the gold medal? Cause I know um, he was talking about it. I believe I did see him at one event a little bit after uh, after he won his gold medal. Um, he might have. I don't want to say it was WrestleMania. Um, I, you know, I don't want to be misquoted, but I do believe I saw him on like an episode of Raw or something. Yeah. Because um, that's a guy I would love to see transition to MMA. Yeah, he would dude, do so he's... well. Is that the guy who's named after Dan Gable? Yes, it is. Oh, dude, he's an animal, man. I I was following him during the Olympics. That guy is just nasty, man. Yeah, and such technique for such yeah. a big dude, which yeah. you, you, you normally don't see with guys that size. I mean, it, anyone, a wrestler of his caliber would do well in any division, but especially at heavyweight where, like, the wrestlers are so few and far between. Um, yeah. You know, get yeah. him a few – Get him a few fights. He'd be ready for the UFC within five fights. I would yeah, think. dude. And like, and you think of Brock Lesnar, and um, just going back to Brock Lesnar really fast. One of the reasons he was so successful in college is because he was just so much bigger than everybody. Yeah, like he must have had forty pounds on like the second biggest guy. Mm-hmm. But Gable Stevenson, not only does he have, I actually think he's a little small for a heavyweight, but he has so much technique and athleticism, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he, he easily follows Brock Lesnar's footsteps in being a UFC and WWE champion. If that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Lesnar was just, he was just a smashing machine, man. It was like that. That was like a moment in history that we may never see again. Uh, if you guys think, you know, we're wrong about that. Let us know in the comments. If, the, if you think, you know, there's somebody out there we don't know about that can just make this transition. Like, oh, no, I know this hockey player that's been training MMA forever. Like, I, I like stories like that because not a lot of not a lot of guys are looking to come and do this. Um, there there were a lot of experiments in the past, you know, your CM Punk's, your James Tony. Um, and then in the early UFCs, you had like Art Jimerson and like people from all different kinds of disciplines when you know everything it wasn't truly mixed martial arts yet um yeah ken shamrock i think is a good example as well well ken shamrock kind of um you know he did the shoot style wrestling and he had you know he had some striking as well he was one of they were the lion's den was one of the first teams that really kind of started blending things together it was them and like the shoot the box guys in brazil um, that were all like black belts in jujitsu and they did Muay Thai and, um, you know, stuff like that. 
Mark Fellow says that he heard Canelo is looking for a new job. Maybe him. I don't, I don't think we will ever see Canelo Alvarez attempt MMA. Um, I did hear that he lost this weekend, which was a surprise because I no don't way. Yeah, I don't even know the guy. It was some Russian guy beat him by decision, I believe. Oh, man, I got to look this up now, man. Which actually um, won me $20 because um, my buddy at the gym. <laughs> actually, I don't know if I won the bet because he he bet that Canelo would win in under five rounds. And I and I said that I didn't think he would win in under five rounds. But I, I don't know if I necessarily said I thought he would lose. <laughs> I just thought it would take him longer than five rounds. Um, but yeah, while you look that up, let's start to get into UFC 274 because um, there are a lot of mixed emotions going into this card and there were a lot of mixed emotions during it. Um, oh, for I, sure. I can't remember the last time people were so vocal about a fight being a dud. Um, you know, there's only a handful that come that come to mind. But before we get into uh, Carlos Barza and Rose Nami Yunus, let's talk about the main event here, but we can't do that, Jeff, without first bringing up the fact that Charles Oliveira. He's not even wait. And, and for the first time in history, missed weight as the champion and was stripped of his title. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was going on here, Jeff. He was saying there was something wrong with the scales and that he made weight in the back, and but when he came out onto the scale on the stage, uh, he was still half a pound over. Uh, it's a tough one. Like, you kind of want to believe him, but, you know, Charles has had trouble in the past, um, and, and was always... It's crazy to think that he was still, up to a few years ago, asking to go back to 145. Um because he's such a big dude, but Mrs. Wade is the champion. And like, I, I almost don't want to beat up on him too much because it's like, here's the guy wins a main event dominantly and um, doesn't have his title anymore. Like that's a, that's an ultimate embarrassment. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's got to feel like super ashamed. Didn't slow him down at all in the cage though. But uh, give me your thoughts on the miss Jeff. Bill, I'm wondering if the commission would have allowed him, like, just some time to maybe go back and and cut off that half pound. Um, you know, well, they did. I, but I think you're only allowed two attempts. So when he came out the second time, he was still he was still over. Gotcha. Um, should have given him a a, a a laxative or something. Poop out that last half pound. I don't know, <laughs> but um, but Bill, great advice. Uh, Bill, there has been this like rumor going around that somebody was like that the European guys were were trying to make weight in in kilograms or stone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so the scale was off. I don't know about all that crap. I, I don't care to be honest with you. But I I would entertain the idea if, if somebody could prove it because Bill, um, when I was in Puerto Rico using the GPS, it was it was throwing everything in kilometers. Because you know we're the mm. only country that uses the that does not use the metric system, mm. so so it threw me off, Bill. Because when it said 400 kilometers uh, to the next exit, I'm used to hearing 400 feet, so I would take the first exit I saw, which ended up being the wrong one. But um, so <laughs> so maybe I could I could maybe give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe. But I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, and then Bill I had to explain to my friends that. Uh, that the prices for gas, it was not $1 for, for a gallon. It was $1 for a liter. There were four liters in a gallon. So the uh, gas ended up, the, the gas was basically the same price as it is over here. Gotcha. Uh, it was like four bucks. But I'm, I'm getting beside the point, Bill. The point is, Charles Oliveira is the champ at 145, dude. Like, he's made the weight a thousand times, man. But I, I don't know if he's getting older. I think he just turned like 30 something um which you know is feels a little weird to me because i feel like he's been fighting forever i think he signed with the ufc when he was like 19 or 20 or something he's 32 okay so maybe the weight doesn't isn't coming off uh the way it used to but um but damn it bill i feel like just that half a pound just ruins the whole performance man mm. 
He has been with the UFC since 2010. So 12 years, August 2010. So it'll be 12 years in August. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame. It sucks. It's it's gonna it's gonna tarnish his legacy a little bit because even if he wins his next fight, it's not gonna show, you know, how it's not gonna show that he had defenses. It's gonna show that he lost it and then won it back. So currently, he's the number one contender. Um, and then what do you do with Justin Gaethje, man? Cause here's a guy who just like reaches the top of the mountain and then gets choked on top of the mountain. <laughs> like, is this going to become his MO or, or do you see this man winning gold at some point? I don't know, Bill. I mean, he's won gold everywhere else. He's had some crazy fights in um you know in, in the promotions he's been in already uh very similar story to Eddie Alvarez with Justin Gaethje mm-hmm. um but dude oh, it's so tough man because Justin Gaethje he's a great fighter and I feel like he's improved since he signed with the UFC man I feel like he doesn't take as much damage as he used to um but man uh it's tough dude he, he's starting to go into that like Uriah Faber territory where, where he's right on that cusp, but he might end up being a gatekeeper at some point. Um, but, Bill, it's just – it's hard because, I mean, look at the guys he's lost to. Khabib Nurmagomedov, undefeated in his pro MMA career, 29-0. Um, mm-hmm. Charles Oliveira, who has been tearing through everybody the UFC has put in front of him in his last, I would say, six or seven fights, man. Mm-hmm. Adding, adding more finishing – uh, rates to to his submission game and you know adding some knockouts along the way i mean he's he's just come up against some really really stiff competition man two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven in a row he has not lost since 2017 in the ufc as charles Oliveira, wow. except for his loss against the scale friday night um yeah, so I mean obviously you can you can put Justin Gaethje right back into a main event, but before we get to what's next for these guys, let's talk about the actual fight. I mean, for as long as it lasted, holy shit, these guys certainly compensated for the co-main event. Um, it was a complete opposite kind of fight where I I think they both got dropped. Did he yeah. drop Charles? He dropped Charles twice. It yep. was like a whirlwind of a fight, and then uh, Charles dropped him and it, you know, once that dude gets on your back, it's just, that's, that's the end of the night. Like he's just so good, man. Yeah, dude. Um, once he dropped Justin Gaethje, he immediately jumped on his back, um, even caught an arm under, under one of his own legs and just took that arm out of the equation and just scooped up that neck, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is so nasty, dude. Um, I mean, he's got to be the greatest ever uh, grappler in MMA, I'd say. He's got the most submission wins in the history of the UFC, so he's doing it at the highest level. Um, I mean, I, I believe he has been submitted before, but that was back when he had cardio issues anthony pettis submitted him i believe um yeah with uh it was a nice guillotine that got him mm-hmm. and then uh jim miller submitted him also but um and that was a that was a leg lock um back in the day but i would still go as far to say that Oliveira is the best um grappler to do it in mma i mean if as far as his ability to finish um, his ability to just like checkmate people when he gets to certain positions. Yeah. Um, just phenomenal. Um, so great performance by Oliveira, dominant. Um, and then calls out Conor McGregor. Not, I'm not crazy about that, but you know, he wants a payday. Um, uh, who, would been... you, who would you like to see? Like, given that. We're almost guaranteed to see Oliveira fight for the title. Who do you want to see standing across from him? 
Uh, I believe that uh, wasn't it Chandler who called out McGregor on Saturday. Oliveira did also. Oh, really? Oh, uh, I missed that part because uh, I was just so tired at the end of this card. Um, I doubt that the title fight with McGregor is going to happen just because McGregor has like three straight losses. Uh, I could see Chandler getting that fight instead. But um, for Oliveira, um, hmm. I don't know. It's tough, man, because I, I would have made the argument for Tony Ferguson, but that did not go at all. Um, as expected, his fight with Michael Chandler. Yeah, um, you're not kidding because Tony Ferguson was in that fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like he he was putting it on Chandler that that first round. I would have given it to him, but we'll get we'll get to that fight in a sec. Um, geez, I, I don't know who you put in there with Oliveira because he already beat Chandler. Um, he's already beat Poirier. Yeah, he's already beat Poirier. Um, damn it, Bill. This wouldn't be I, such an issue if he was the champion. Yeah. Well, it, it still would be. <laughs> I know, um, but now we don't have a champion at 145. There the is, guy, you know, oh, there man. is Islam Makashev, um, which you, you could definitely justify throwing him in there. Um, okay. I know there were talks of him fighting Benil Dariush. Um, the problem with that is Oliveira against Makachev does not have headlining power. I mean, I know there's talks about doing it in Abu Dhabi and that might gain a little traction, but you're going to need, you're going to need a main event on top of that. Like putting Justin Gaethje in there with Oliveira, like that's main event worthy. Um, and the, and the fight showed why. Because Gaethje's yeah. a gamer, he puts a he puts a show on every time. He's a fan favorite, um, but Makachev still, without kind of mainstream notoriety, and as good as Oliveira is, he still doesn't have it either. Um, I'm sure he's a superstar in Brazil, um, but not a lot of casual fans too familiar with him, I would imagine. So that's a problem. Now, as far as Justin Gaethje goes, I say rematch Michael Chandler in a five-round main event. Uh, who wouldn't want to see that? You know, I know Chandler's coming off a win and Gaethje's coming off a loss, but you know, Chandler had Chandler had a loss just before that, also. So, I I think I think that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... My only, uh, I guess, the only issue I take with that, Bill, is I would want to leave that for for somewhere a little bit further down the line, that rematch. Mm. But how many more fights do you think Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler have in them? The way yeah. these guys fight, it's like we may not get a chance to have that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's something to think about. I. I would think maybe it's going to be Makachev. Um, and that's an interesting fight to me, but it's not going to be interesting on paper to a lot of people. Mm. Um, all right, Jeff, let's get into it. We have a new straw weight champion somehow. Um, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I think, I think we just see, should have seen like another belt become vacant <laughs> after this one. Um, it was just, it was bizarre. It was bizarre to, to witness um, because here, these are two fighters I have so much respect for, uh, Carlos Barza and Rose Nami Yunus. And I, I've, I've been supportive of Carla as a fighter, even when she was going through the rocky times and seemed like she didn't want to be in there and was talking about, you know, having to sell her prize from the ultimate fighter to make some money. But the only thing that happened in this five round fight, Jeff, was, you know, a couple of takedowns from Carla Esparza, after which Rose was able to pop right back up. Um, and after one of them, Rose countered. So if you take those exchanges, uh, one of them was even and the other one, Carla got the better of. 
And that was the difference in the fight. And I guess that's why she got this split decision. But, man, I think rounds like one, two, and five were probably nine-nine rounds. <laughs> like, because there was, like, what are you judging? Like, there, there was just... There was just nothing, Jeff. I don't I don't know how to put it to words. And the, the best part about it for me, too, was hearing Rogan and DC just just <laughs> rip into them. Like they were not holding back. Oh, dude. Yeah. And awesome. that made it entertaining. Because it was like they were they were leaning so far into it, it was like almost uncomfortable. And, and like, even in the interview, Rogan was like a little, he's like, come on, like nothing happened. Like, <laughs> how do you think you won? <laughs> um, it, it, it's so fun to see like how little of a filter he has, you know, he still keeps it clean and everything, but he's just like, ah, I'm just going to say this. Um, but what were your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't want to call it a fight on this encounter. <laughs> <laughs> this this happenstance bill <laughs> oh man dude uh oh man I, I don't even know what to say man it was just so so bad i mean um dude the first two rounds they were just circling each other yeah um and then the only thing that happened in the last three rounds were the takedowns and and um Rose Namajunas stood there, you know, raising her hands at the end of this fight. I was just like, come on. Come on, buddy. You you and I both know that the judges are not going to give you that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the old school sense of, like, from the boxing world, like, you got to beat the champ to be the champ. Like, in boxing, like, it, the title wouldn't change hands if it went to a decision, essentially. Um, you know, there's probably a few examples where it did happen, but as a general rule that that didn't happen, but like, but it, you know, it, it's not like Carlo was changing it up either. Like I see a lot of people were blaming Rose for like, you know, keeping her distance and, but you know, Carlo could have pushed the pace a little bit more. Either way, we're in a shitty situation now because we have a title changing hands in, in a rematch so Carla has won two over Rose now. So we had a title change hands under really unfortunate circumstances. You can't run this back, at least not right away, because nobody's going to want to see it. Um, so it's like, what do you, what do you do here? Like they kind of, they kind of shot their division in the foot here a little bit. Yeah. Um, what is that? Straw weight. That's one fifteen. Um, yeah, dude, it was just not a good look for the division. That that is um dude, and I I just I guess me personally, I hyped it up so much in my own head because of the history, you know, the the way they fought each other um 8 years ago. Yeah. And, and you know, they they just held nothing back. They went all for it. It looked like they were a little too respectful in this one. Um which I don't blame Rose at all for being respectful of uh of the current champ just mm -hmm. because you know she she finished her she finished her the last time uh so you know if i i don't blame rose for not being the aggressor um and like you said bill as the champ you know uh it was up to to um to carlos Barza to really take it to nama Yunus, which i felt like she did especially in rounds three and four um but yeah bill if there was some possible way to score rounds one and two as a zero zero or like a seven seven, all right. <laughs> That's what I would have wanted because absolutely nothing happened. Neither of them they were like like I said, man. They're just being way too respectful uh, of each other, and just oh man, it was just it, it reminded me of um, what's that fight we was talking about? Ngannou versus Lewis, man. Just uh, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing to write home about at all. Yeah, and a, a lot of comparisons to Adesanya versus Romero as well. Um, yeah, I I don't know what you do here. Um, I believe we have a rematch between Ioana Janjic and um, Wiley Zhang.
coming up, which should hopefully rejuvenate the division. Obviously, Esparza has lost to Ioana before. Um, so that's an easy rematch to make if Ioana wins. And then she has not fought Zhang yet. So if Wiley were to, to beat Ioana, um, you know, I think either one of those fights works. Yeah. However you want to do it. Um, it's a little harder to figure out what to do with Rose because she's obviously, you know, better. She's beaten both of those ladies. She's obviously better than most of the people in the division. Um, she just, you know, she had a flat night. Um, and she was calling it tactical, defensive. Um, it's like you can be defensive, but you've got to, you've got to land some stuff, you know? Yeah like Leota Machida back in the day, he would be tactical and defensive, but then he would explode, um, you know, when he saw openings. Well, let's get away from that. Um, Tony Ferguson, man, looking way better than I expected him to uh, in the first round. He had Michael Chandler wobbled in that fight. Um, it had him hurt bad. And I, I did not see that coming at all. I thought he could possibly make it competitive. Um, but I didn't expect him to look that good. Did you, Jeff? Yeah, I was really surprised. Really, really surprised from Tony Ferguson, man. Especially after the loss to Justin Gaethje, man. And just how the gulf in class between uh, between them in that fight. Um, I, was, I was really happy after that first round and, and seeing Ferguson after the year off. It looked like it did him some really good maybe to clear his head and just, you know, get that focus back again. But, man, what what can you say about Michael Chandler, dude? The way he came out in that second round, just threw caution to the wind and was like, hey, let's try it. Let's try an upkick, see what happens. And just, yeah, dude. And Tony Ferguson, man, I, I don't remember the last time I saw him finished. But I've never was, seen him finished like that. Dude. It was Dustin Gaethje. Um, was it? I thought. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, the ref stopped but, it while he was still standing. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it's coming back to me. But now. yeah, we've never but seen dude, him flatlined. Yeah, he got starched, man, and then he wasn't moving for a little bit, and then when they turned him over, he was still stiff as a board, and his feet were crossed. Like Bill, it was just that knockout was all types of nasty, man. Yeah, um, and it, it it was so unexpected because it comes from a short, stocky guy who's not like a kickboxer. Like if you if you told me Michael Chandler won by knockout, like my last guess would have been a head kick, <laughs> and yeah. my my very last guess after that would have been a front head kick. <laughs> so it's just it, and even the technique of it, he just kind of flung his leg up. It wasn't like the Anderson Silva one where it was like, you know, actually pushes the foot forward into the face. Um, so it kind of like came up into the chin. Um, not even like technically correct the way it was thrown, but hey, it, that's like getting hit with, it's like a tree falling on you. Um, so yeah, credit to Michael Chandler. Um Said he wanted to fight Conor McGregor at 170. I'm not into the Conor McGregor callouts. Like, I'm over it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Conor is not fighting. He's, like, retired. Like, let's let's all move on to something else for now. Let's call out guys that are active and, and do it from there. Um, and, yeah, Bruce, Bruce says that Chandler needs to focus more. Too much shit going on in that callout. I, I agree. Um, he was, he was a little bit all over the place. He was like very excited. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do you want to see next for, for Michael Chandler, Jeff? Dude, I'm excited to see Michael Chandler fight anybody, man. Um, but obviously you can't give him Oliveira again. Um, no. And I think he knew that, uh, you know, that was not amongst his call outs. If Gaethje had won, you could do Gaethje and Chandler for the belt. Yeah. That's that, hey, who doesn't want to see that. Yeah, dude, that, I, that's a very good fight. I think you could do Gaethje and Chandler now and do it as a main event. I think you could do it as a pay-per-view main event mm. after the first fight. Um, 
you know, just an absolute classic, I think it works. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, another fight that was a bit of a dud, another split decision, Ovin St. Prue over Shogun. The, here's the problem with Ovin St. Prue is he, he will kind of match people's energy mm. and, and Shogun, I know there's been a lot of talk of him getting up in years and things like that. Um, I have to say this is probably the slowest he's looked like this in this fight. He really kind of wore his age the most um, that we've ever seen him um, because in the third round, Ovin St. Prue was like turning up the gas a little bit and like really showing how much faster he was. But then he would like hold back again because like I said, he, he tends to match people's energy. Um, and sometimes he's able to explode on them or he's able to, you know, catch these submissions and, you know, it's kind of hit or miss, but, um, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on this one? I didn't have much more than that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that, uh, OSP, he, the team was really working for him. Uh, cause Shogun Hua at the end of that first round, his whole chest was red, man. So, uh, so yeah, I, I felt like the the shots to the body were really uh, working for OSP. And Bill, that could have attributed to to Shogun slowing down in those uh, in those second and third rounds. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked like he was like he was walking through mud in the first round. Even I thought, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was you know, it was what it was. And then I I thought I thought Bruce came through with actually a very thoughtful and like good point. But then, uh, <laughs> then he comes back and saying that Carla versus Rose is a prime example of why chick fights should be banned. Send them all back to Invicta. Too many chicks fights in the UFC now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna agree with you there, Bruce. But uh, I will, I will display the comment because it made me chuckle. Um, especially because you came through with something like thoughtful and a good point, and then I <laughs> came right back. <laughs> with something very inflammatory um your boy randy brown getting it done against chaos williams um another close fight another split decision but this one was actually an eventful one this was actually like a really a really good fight like very back and forth um you would have thought that randy brown would just have success if it went to the ground but his striking looked um better than ever i thought yeah hard to argue with you on that one bill Excuse me. And yeah, I felt like this fight could have gone either way. It was super close. Um, so if they had given it to Chaos Williams, I would not have been upset. I wouldn't have felt as though uh, Rude Boy got robbed. But um, Bill, I just wanted to talk about the size discrepancy, man. Um, I didn't realize how big a dude Randy Brown was. And I've seen him in person. Mm -hmm. But he just looked like a weight class bigger than Chaos Williams when they were in there. Yeah, and Chaos Williams is a big dude. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Randy's just like nine feet tall, so he's <laughs> and he uses it. Um, yeah. His his Muay Thai looked looked great. Um, so yeah, great performance from him. And um, did he come pretty close to the submission at one point? I'm trying to remember. This is why I always have to do the. This is why I always have to do the the show like the day after. <laughs> Um, I mean, he, he got into some good spots when they were on the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's actually a pretty good, uh, grappling display in this fight, but I, I wouldn't, for my standards, I wouldn't say it was close, but I think he was in a position at one point, um, okay. if he was on, uh, Chaos Williams back for, for a little bit. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to rewatch this one to be honest with you. It was a long night. Um, okay. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo, unanimous decision over Danny Roberts. Um, I enjoyed that fight. Yeah, but, for sure. But um, I don't really have much of, I don't have like much of an analysis on it. Uh, Macy Chiasson against Norma Dumont, another split decision. Um, this one was close. This was at a catch weight. I'm not, I'm not sure why, but 147 pounds which is mm. strange to me because neither one of them look that large, but there's that. Uh, Brandon Royval 
first round guillotine over Matt Schnell. Thoughts, Jeff? Dude, that fight was just fun, man. It was high energy, high impact, and, uh, you know, Matt Schnell went in for this one takedown, and Royville was just able to, to catch a guillotine, and then they rolled for a sec, and then Royville caught it again, uh, but then Schnell was able to get out of it, and at one point, um, they're on the ground, there's a bit of a scramble, and Royville just gets this um, is able to get an arm in guillotine. And for a second, Bill, he actually let let the grip, he kind of had like a, I guess you could call it like a, like a prayer grip for a sec. Mm-hmm. And then he let go and was just squeezing with the one arm, with just the choking arm. It was, it was crazy, dude. He, uh, if you missed this one, definitely go back and watch this because Royval's just got a squeeze, man. Yeah. Um, very, it, very tight. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um. Let's see. I was kind of uh, I was kind of in and out for a lot of the prelims, so we'll just kind of let's gloss over these first six fights, and then you tell me what stood out to you the most, Jeff. Blagoy Ivanov unanimous decision over Marcos Rogério de Lima. I don't know if you guys could see this. Those of you who are not audio only, but this picture of de Lima, he looks like Debo from the Friday movie. <laughs> so, if you're audio only. Right now, uh, go check out Sure Dog and look at the picture they have of him. He doesn't he look like Debo here? Yeah, that's, definitely. That's it's my bike now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Andre Fialo knocked out Cameron Van Champ Van Camp uh, in the first round. Oh, Freudian slip right there. He's gonna be champion one day now. Mark my words. <laughs> uh, Tracy Cortez unanimous decision over Melissa Gatto. Uh, CJ Vergara split decision over Cladeson Rodriguez, Lupita Godinez unanimous decision over Ariane Carnalosi, and Journey Newsome unanimous decision over Fernando Garcia. Who'd you like, Jeff? Um, Bill, I liked the Fialio knockout over Van Camp. That was a that was a good fight. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, Fialio impressed me. Um, he had just a little much too a little too much power for Van Camp. Um, I also really like the Tracy Cortez versus Melissa Gatto fight. I thought Cortez looked awesome in there. Um, Vergara versus Rodriguez was okay. There was a there was a lot of grappling in that one, so it was pretty good. Uh, and Bill, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought Ivanov uh, looks pretty impressive against uh, against the Lima. And I think it kind of went the way you you kind of explained it last week that uh, if it finished early, it would be for Delima, and if it went to a decision, it would be more for um, mm. for Ivanov. But Ivanov was definitely uh, pretty aggressive, so I was pretty impressed. I felt like this one was going to be a snoozer if it went to a decision, but uh, there's there's a lot of uh, pace and action going on. Yeah, yeah, there you know there were some great fights on this card. Um, you know, unfortunately. Oh man, that's a just that's a gruesome picture of the choke. Yeah, he like I think he tapped and then went out immediately after. Yeah, it did seem that way. Um, I mean, it, it's like it, Gaethje has shown in his fights with Khabib and and Oliveira that he's got a glaring hole in his grappling. But good luck finding your way to that hole because mm. <laughs> you're talking about. One of the most dangerous strikers in the division. He throws with reckless abandon, and a, he's a D1 wrestler. Um, you know, Oliveira had to put him on the ground with with strikes to to get to the position he got to. So yeah. it's like if you're fighting Justin Gaethje, you don't think like, oh, well, I'll just take him down and submit him. It's like, all right, well, you got to walk through this fucking minefield first <laughs> and and deal with all of that. Um, so yeah, overall, you know, I I'll choose to remember this card for the good, uh, not for the bad and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, the bad yeah, being uh, you know Carlos Barza Rose not Munis, the ugly being Blagoy even off. But uh, <laughs> I man. That co-main event was rough, man. But Bill Carlos Sparza always looks like she would rather be doing something else, but like she also looked that way while she was shooting in on Rose Namajunas. Yeah, like 
And she's getting it, married next week, so I think that's part of the reason she didn't want to go super aggressive. You know, she, you know, wants to keep the face uh, looking good for the wedding. I guess I I did tweet, at, and this tweet got a little bit of traction out there, Jeff. I said I hope Carla's wedding night is more eventful than this fuck, and <laughs> and and that's genuine. I hope she has a good time. Um, Bill, by the judge, by looking at that fight, I think uh, her first night is going to be her and her husband just sitting up and talking all night. Yeah, well, hopefully she gets the takedown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, congratulations on the wedding, Carla. Uh, we got uh, a great main event to look forward to next week. I'm I'm excited for this one. UFC on ESPN 36 back at the Apex. Jan Blahovich. And Alexander Rakich. Um, this is a fun one, Jeff. I, I, I'm i looking forward to this one thoroughly. Yeah, dude. I think this one's going to end in a finish, man. Don't ask me for who. Don't ask me for what round. But I think somebody's getting put out. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, I mean, I would lean towards Blahovitz just because of the experience factor. Mm. Um, you know, he's got a about twice as many fights as Rakich, but you know, Rakich is a young, hungry lion and a super talented fighter. Um, I, I, I just, I love this fight. Yeah. This, um, this is definitely going to be a fun one, man. Um, and then the, the co-main event, I really love also, uh, Ryan Spann and Iwan Kutilaba. Um, what a that's that's like one I would have never thought about, but now that it's right in front of me, I'm like, that is a fun fight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But Bill, I think it depends on which Ryan Span shows up, man, because he can be hot or cold. And you do not want to go in cold against Ian Kutalaba, man. He yeah. is gonna just come in and Hulk smash you, dude. That's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Um yeah, that would be bad going in cold against that dude. And then uh, Davey Grant, the comeback kid, uh, is getting in there with uh, Louis Smoka. Uh, that's that's a fun fight. Um, I'm glad to see Smoka moved up to bantamweight. Um, then we got Caitlin Chukagian and Amanda Hebos. That's that's a sneaky good fight too. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely Bill. That's as you would put it. That's like a sleeper fight. That'll that'll be good. Yeah. I'm let's see. I might go with that one. Actually, I I see one creeping up down here at the bottom. Frank Camacho and Manuel Torres. Um the undefeated Jake Hadley against Alan Nascimento. Um but here's one that's catching my eye, Jeff. Michael Johnson and Alan Patrick. That's a fun fight. Yeah, dude. Any Michael Johnson fight is a fun fight, man. Uh, and uh, Michael Johnson's been quiet for a bit, man. I'm actually excited to see him come back. Um, hopefully a little bit refreshed because uh, I, I feel like he's another one, man. He can be hot and cold, dude. But if he can get hot, I think he could add some fresh blood into this lightweight picture mm -hmm. at the top of the division, man. Yeah, and then here's one that I'm kind of surprised to see. Virna Jandiroba and Angela Hill. I could swear I saw a, a pregnancy announcement from Angela Hill on social media. I Am I imagining this? Or, I, I mean, now that I see she's fighting next weekend, I hope I was imagining it. Um, I'm going to do a quick Google right here. Maybe she announced because she is she's married already, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I like Angela Hill, but I don't really follow her that closely. Yeah, it was the kind of thing like it. It was the kind of thing where it just kind of showed up in my feed. I don't know. Somebody, somebody, please correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, uh, I'll. I'll try and look for the post that I saw, but I, I thought I remembered seeing 
you know, a, a baby announcement. So hopefully I'm wrong. And, you know, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't, you know, something that, that went bad for, uh, for her and her husband there. Um, yeah, this is, this is a sneaky good card, Jeff, but I think I'm going with, uh, Michael Johnson and Alon Patrick for my, my sleeper. I feel like that's a good pick. I, I feel like that fight's just going to deliver. Um, what, what are you looking at here on this card? Um, I'm going to go ahead with uh, Caitlin Chukagian and uh, Amanda Hibas as my pick for, for the sleeper fight. Because um, I think that one could be fireworks. And Bill, um, I just wanted to address something before we keep going here. Um, unfortunately, Bill, I feel like Saturday night's main car lost a little bit of steam because, unfortunately, Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lozom did not happen, man. Mm. I was very much looking forward to that card, to that fight in particular. I felt like that's a great way to open the pay-per-view, man. Um, so... Oh, so disappointed, man. And Joe Lozon was in the crowd, and at one point they panned to him, and he's just sitting there looking all serious and sad, like, <laughs> like somebody took his pudding cup or something. <laughs> I I love Joe Lozon, man. It was so weird that he just decided to come off the bench after however many years and just get in there. Um, he's just been sitting around like peeing in a cup whenever you saw the knocks on the door, uh, just for fun. Um. Yeah, it was unfortunate. They said uh, Cowboy had an illness and had to pull out. I don't know exactly what what went on there. They didn't say if he had COVID or anything like that. You haven't heard about a fight getting canceled because of COVID in a while. The only one I can remember is um, Rafael Fazeev and, and RDA. Um, was that was – that, I feel like that was in, like, November. Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of a while back. But they they've rebooked that fight, mm-hmm. um, so at least that. Jeff wants to know when we're gonna fight. Jeff, he says, when are you guys going to throw down? Jeff will KO you <laughs> stiff, Bill. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> dude, um, Bruce, I'm sorry to disappoint you. My striking sucks, dude. Um, <laughs> like that's the only way I could put it, man. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, um, Dude, I didn't throw my first punch until I started training jujitsu because the guy, uh, one of the coaches, was also a, a Muay Thai coach, so he would throw in like some MMA stuff. But yeah, sorry, Bruce. Uh, yeah, my striking sucks, dude. Um, I don't know, Jeff. I don't want to get caught with one of those clubbing overhand rights you got. <laughs> I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Yeah, but Bill, I gotta, I gotta get lucky for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anything can happen. Um. Yeah, so I I like this card. I like the main event. Um, I I feel like there's a lot of great fights mixed in, you know, from the prelims through the main card. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun night. I am going to be back in Orlando again next weekend, Jeff. Uh, I got out of the Disney trip last week. Um, yeah, but, you, it wasn't going to happen twice, Bill. Oh yeah, it's like final destination. <laughs> it's like I got. Some way or another, dude. Um, I love those movies. Oh man, <laughs> they should make a parody about just like being a dad. I feel like I feel like there, there's a movie there. We need to get Judd Apatow on board to direct it. Um, we need like Will Ferrell or somebody like Paul Rudd, like very, very like dad like actor. <laughs> And let's let's get it done. I feel like we can write the script in uh, you know thirty five minutes. Yeah. We could call it Final Dad's Donation. Dude, I was thinking that as the name too. That's good. That should be the name of the episode. Yeah, just might be because <laughs> I don't know if I have any other ideas. Um, let's see. Is there any? Uh, has there been any news or anything else? I'm glad you brought up the Cowboy Cerrone thing because. Uh, that had actually completely slipped to my mind while I was in a coma watching the co-main event. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I'm I'm sorry to to cut you off, but um, you, we were talking about WWE guys who could fight. Um, I fucking forgot about Bobby Lashley, dude. 
Um, he wasn't like great or anything, but he fought uh, for uh, for Bellator for mm. a little bit, a couple I, of years. I feel like he might still be on a roster. He might, but I I think he's got he's got uh, he's tied up in some storylines in WWE actually. Mm. Um, well, he's got he, you know, he's another one who's got like an actual amateur wrestling background. Um, yeah. I mean, seeing him and Brock Lesnar fight would have been pretty cool. I think they had a couple of matches in WWE against each other, like a little well, bit more. I, I mean, like actually fight, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that sounds better. But, um, but yeah, dude, Bobby Lashley, his record wasn't bad either. I think he was like 10, 10 and 3 or 10 and 4 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he just you know, couldn't commit to it full time because of the, the WWE stuff. Can't blame him there. You know, you can't, yeah. how do you say no to those paychecks? I'm sure he did very well over there. Oh yeah. And they're not coming in per fight. They probably come in, you know, every two weeks or something. Oh, thank you, Mark, for reminding me. Daniel Cormier inducted to the UFC hall of fame. Um, and I think it was a surprise. I think he didn't know it was co- like, he knew he was going to be in the hall of fame, but he didn't know it was going to happen that night. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, that's a special moment, definitely deserving. Like what a career that yeah, guy man. had. He, you have to wonder like how, how his career would have gone if he just stayed at heavyweight, because when he came to the UFC, um, his, one of his main training partners was Cain Velasquez and he kind of moved down out of respect for Kane. Like, all right, that's your division. Um, you know, dominated at light heavyweight against everybody not named John Jones and then returned to heavyweight um, uh, to become the king of that division. Um, I just remember, I remember his run in Strike Force, Jeff, because he was, he entered the heavyweight Grand Prix tournament and uh, he was an alternate. Like he wasn't supposed to be in it originally. He was a substitute and mm. then just ran through it. Um, he, you know, took down Josh Barnett, like with ease, um, manhandled Dan Henderson, uh, and, and, and he was just like, so unassuming. Cause he's such like a friendly, like jolly looking guy. Um, but he, he just like, he's just like a bear when he gets a hold of you. Um, yeah. he just ragdolled dudes. Yeah, man. Uh, Bill, I'll always be a fan of DC, man. Just all around good dude. Um, you know, and I feel like uh, the John Jones stuff for me, it doesn't do anything against his legacy at all, man. Mm. Um, I mean, he was still light heavyweight champion, uh, ran through the heavyweight division. I, I felt like heavyweight was, was his home, dude. Um, and you know, uh, I love that he respected Cain Velasquez enough to, to not step on his toes. But, man, like when he wanted to, that was his division, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of sad the Brock Lesnar fight never came together. That was supposed to happen oh, man, at one been, point. That would have yeah. been interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting to see, like, how he would have done at heavyweight, like when when Verdum was on top and when mm. – um, Junior Dos Santos was on top and like, you know, those are, those are matchups we never got to see. That would have been really fun. Um, but in the meantime, he had some like ep- epic performances at light heavyweight um, as well. Um, yeah. So congratulations to him. That's, that's well-deserved. I don't think there's anybody out there who would say like, no way. Why would he get in the hall of fame? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, DC definitely deserves it. But I love that he was crying on camera. Like that's one of the things I love about DC is he's so raw, man. Like, yeah, you know, you know, he cried against losing to John Jones because you know it hurt him. Uh, maybe not the loss, but I think it was just um, you know everything put together. You know, all the buildup in the media, sure. and and for him to you know I guess lose face a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, luckily for him, one of those losses was overturned. Then it wasn't a loss, Bill. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like I like Cormier. I think I'll let him make a cameo in Final Destination too. <laughs> like, oh man, I feel like he would be good. I would love to see DC in a movie, dude. Like I, I want to see him in like a movie with Kevin James, dude. I feel like they would be awesome together. Yeah, here comes the boom too. 
Dude, like have have DC just trade him. Uh, maybe or, Kevin James could star in Final Destination. Somebody get me Judd Apatow's phone number <laughs> so we can get the ball rolling on this. I feel like we should already be in in pre production here. Like, what's the what's the delay, Jeff? How does how does this shit work? What? <laughs> um, Bill, it it could be a movie about nothing. Yeah, that would be. I got it. I got it, Bill. I got it. Here's here's the opening scene. Okay, so DC is in a car accident, but the other guy who hits him doesn't have car insurance. So, so they go to. <laughs> They go to yeah yeah it's John Jones okay so they go to trial all right they go to trial and the judge rules that John Jones has to be DC's butler for a year. Isn't this a movie already? No, it's from Seinfeld. <laughs> Remember, it's the TV show they write. Oh, that's right. That was supposed to be. It was Jerry. You supposed to be the butler? No, Jerry's the main guy. Somebody else is the butler. Who's supposed to be the butler? I don't know, but remember, uh, one of the maybe it was John, uh, huh? Maybe John Jones. Maybe, but I just remember that uh, that one of the network producers ends up getting engaged to George, and then he kills her off. Oh yeah, yeah. By licking old stamps. That was that was a good story arc. That was good. Susan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten a text from John Apple that case. So I don't know if this movie's going to get off the ground. We got to see where it goes. Bill, you're breaking up a lot on my end. Or maybe it's on your end. I don't know. Oh. All right. Well, I can hear myself. But <laughs> I guess I'll follow the show then. You got anything else going to go off your chest? Nope, that's all I got for you. Right. Well, let me remember to pull up the uh, the ending credits here. I think I forgot to do it last time. In any case, thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't forget to share the episode. Give us a review. Leave some comments on YouTube or Facebook wherever you're watching, listening. Um, that's all we got for you. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.